following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, Brian and I discussed last weekend's 2022 NFL Draft, along with our likes, dislikes, biggest surprises, and much, much more. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. I know CPL. How are yeah, you, buddy? I'm great, man. I have a, a renewed sense of purpose and standing as far as NFL coverage goes throughout the decades. Do you? Yeah. That going through all the Hall of Fame stuff was it. it it wasn't a constant, just euphoric feeling, but I definitely reflected as I was taking that last picture before we pulled away, like, man, that place is awesome. I know there's so, there's so much to see. And there's so much that like, they obviously leave out that, you know, we have to do our own research on, or better yet, uh, go back and listen to, uh, the NFL history episodes for, from the uh, two point conversation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was, a uh, you know, I, I meant talked about it a little bit on yesterday's episode with Andrew, but it was, it was, it was really nice. I, I do enjoy it. It was cool to seeing you guys, you know, Andrew, Jack, you know, yourself, our, our friend, Sean, uh, just smile and just, to, you know, his dad just smile and just take it all in and just, just learning. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's cool. I mean, it's not exactly the closest museum uh, or place to visit, but the fact that, you know, it, it, it's, it's a reasonable distance where it's something that we can always do again. Um, that's for sure. That's for sure. But it, it does. It's a nice reminder, you know, it kind of just puts things in, in perspective. Uh, you know, it, it always reinvigorates my love. The, the two times that I've seen it, it's always just given me like this injection of just newfound passion for football. Cause I'm in a place that celebrates it every single day of the year, which is the coolest thing. Yeah. And uh, I'm not around a whole lot of places that do that. So. And you shook a hall of famers hand. I did. You shook a, what was he a, a pull, a Col a Packer? What was he? Yeah, he was a Packer a and Packer. a, uh, he was, he played for Washington. But uh, he won the first. He was on the Packers for the first two Super Bowl victories, and that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It was really cool. Great dude. Um, we mentioned him on yesterday's episode. David Robinson, linebacker, and uh, he he was just sitting resting, and he stood up to talk to me and shake my hand and take a picture. It was the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a sweetheart. But um, but yeah, so the draft was this past weekend. Oh yeah, that happened too. It did happen. There was a lot of football <laughs> stuff going on, yeah. and uh, Brian and I had a lot of fun on Thursday on the Facebook page. Did a live stream, and uh, had some really really good conversations. Uh, really fun night, just kind of exploring all the the, the 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 wild and craziness that occurred 
so many trades. I don't think I've ever seen a draft with as many trades as I did with, uh, with, as we did with this one between talent, getting shipped out, moving up draft positions, uh, and, and so much more. It was, uh, it, it definitely for a draft without quarterbacks. Cause you know, everybody loves the quarterback, the big quarterback drafts. Uh, I had way more fun this year than I did last year and probably the last couple of years, to be perfectly honest with you. I agree. Definitely. Especially Friday, uh, Thursday night, you know, night one was, it kept us on our toes. It kept you on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Matt, Matt's fingers were uh, on fire, uh, especially his thumbs. He's just going picks crazy over there as I'm, I'm, actually more enjoying it in a, in more <laughs> traditional sense of just, I like hey, being busy hey, the TV. Yeah. I know. What's I like that, being busy oh. it, though. All right. You're two picks ahead of me. All right. Well, anyways, there, <laughs> I know. I'm watching this over here. And, um, I think that the, the coolest thing that came out of it was seeing the divide in the NFL between the old school coaches and the new school coaches and the way they are addressing their teams. Explain that. So I I noticed that Pete Carroll's kind of doubling down on his old run-first mentality. Right. You see Belichick doing the exact same thing where he's addressing the offensive line with the first pick. Trenches, defense, but yeah, I get you're saying. So there's a there's a, a a new idea, and we were harping on it the entire draft process of just it's better if you're in the position and can find your way to the position to address a need like wide receiver in the draft and letting this other guy go. Don't sign this guy to some break the bank kind of scenario. It's it's much better to take the stab in the draft because the floors have never been higher and the ceilings have never been higher for these rookie wide receivers. Correct. I mean, that was the strength of this. You know, the, some of the, the the biggest free agency pools were had, as far as position wise, had the strongest you know groupings when it came to the draft. And you know, we 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 did see this. The Titans, you know, were was one of the the big ones here. Uh, AJ Brown wanted a new contract. They weren't willing to budge on. It. I think it was a sixteen million dollar a year offer, and they they budged a little bit, but not quite enough to what AJ Brown wanted. And they said, screw it. We're going to trade him, make him happy. And we're going to draft a, a rookie quarterback or excuse me, wide receiver at which they did Traylon Burks um, and rookie quarterback. They did technically. Yeah, they did. They did end up getting Malik <laughs> Willis. It is true. I seen a video. It was kind of funny, but Traylon Burks uh, getting a little nervous when Tennessee was on the clock of getting drafted by them. I'm not sure the, uh, I'm not sure the exact situation, but um, but that is the most important point to take away from it is that people aren't willing to, they don't want to players go get paid. Seriously. I we support it. We say it probably about once a week, how much we want it, you know, players to go get your money and exit mm-hmm. football healthy and happy as possible and wealthy, of course, too. But, um, but from a team standpoint, when there's so many facets, you know, we've seen salaries teams, uh, being weighed down by high salary caps, uh, salary cap hits, salary hits. Uh, when it comes to these wide receivers, uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers more so this year because of uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Christian Kirk contract. But 
uh, yeah, it, it's just better. You know, the, the last couple, probably the last two, three years, I would say that there's been more NFL ready wide receivers coming out of the draft than, than ever before, ever before, mm-hmm. you know, the last couple of years we've seen, you know, several first rounders automatically just, just mesh into an offense and become superstars eclipsing that 1000 yard receiving mark. And, you know, before there was, there was baby steps involved to get to that point. And now, uh, you know, a thousand yards is, is that's, that's the floor. That's the floor for a lot of these guys coming out of the, you know, coming out of the draft. So, um, you know, Titans made to make a decision. They did pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think about Baltimore a little bit. Um, that whole situation is a hot mess, but Marquise Brown is gone. Uh, he is in Arizona now. But uh, but it, that was a, that's a good point that you brought up is it the, the the new versus new school versus old school philosophy uh, in, in the ways to, of team building and we're definitely starting to see the transition has kind of been there but we're starting to see it from a more I guess uh, meticulous standpoint we're, we're starting to see it a little bit more it's a little bit more open and obvious yeah. uh, nowadays you, you know to hammer home not. Vrabel comes out of the New England, you know, franchise and the mold of Belichick. So I don't know how he feels. He seemed kind of upset with the whole scenario that the trade of AJ Brown did to his team. I don't think he was looking for this to be a problem this offseason. Um, but it also wouldn't shock me if he's also having private conversations with the GM saying, you know, I think we can handle this. We can, we can, you know, we, we do have Robert Woods, you know, there's other guys in the draft. It doesn't have to be the first round. We'll find guys, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, I could see himself talking like that in a private one-on-one conversation, but as far as like, actually if t- teammates, you know, are calling him or texting him or whatever, like I guarantee you he's siding with them going, Listen, guys, it's part of the business, but I get it. We loved AJ, and he's doing those. He's talking out both sides of his mouth because he understands the the unique position his team was in with AJ Brown being that friend franchise guy. Which you don't, I don't blame them for not wanting to jump out and just pay him right away because right. the dude hasn't been on the field as much you would like. But you know when he is, he literally takes your team in a direction that no other player on your team can like you got Derek Henry with the one speed, but AJ Brown was that guy that, all right, it's third and 14 tough situation. Chuck it up to him. My, my dude's going to make a play. Yeah. You know what I mean, he was quietly were a frequent, like a, a 1000 yard plus yard uh, receiver the last several years that he's been, um, been in the national football league. So that's why it, it was so surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Titans Twitter was amazing. Chef's kiss watching the meltdown occur. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's like, I, I think people, you know, obviously the instantaneous reaction to losing that guy, uh, losing an AJ Brown is, is tough. I get that, but I mean, I give Traylon Burks a chance. Yeah. Um, but the Titans are, I, I wouldn't say they're in a rebuilding mode. They seem to be doing some patchwork, seem to be doing some patchwork, trying to fix whatever situation they have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a weird off season too. They've had a really very weird, very weird off season as well. Yeah. I kind of like the trend that we saw happen in the top of the draft, which is you've got 
three pass rushers and two cornerbacks coming up the board with the first five picks. Not anything that was too surprising, but I like it in the way that just like I was saying, the separation of old and new, like tell me, (laughs) tell me you're drafting the year 2022 uh, without telling me that you're drafting the year 2022. And I would show you the first five picks and it's guys that can, uh, help you shut down a cornerback and guys that can help you stop a quarterback. You know what I mean? You, you literally the most important positions on the defensive side of the ball are 100% cornerback pass rusher. Go get a guy that can get a, make a quarterback, make a quick decision and get rid of the ball or give me a guy that gives my pass rushers as much time as possible because he's going to be on a guy like white on rice, you know? Right. I, I mean, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Usually, you know, you always, the, there was nothing flashy about the first five picks. Nothing. I mean, nothing. There's some, there's definitely excitement, but you know, we all clamor for offense. You know, there was some wide receivers that, that had the potential of being a top five draft pick, but you're right. I mean, I think teams are realizing that, you know, I, I that offenses have been running kind of rough shot over the national football league, but you know, you a really solid defense can give your, your own team a chance. I mean, that's how it's always been. Uh, I'm not saying anything new here when it comes to that, but, uh, it, but teams have long, like the, it seems like teams have been a little, been a little bit more offensive minded lately, just put just piling on and piling on and piling on and, and letting their offenses do the work. And yeah, there were very, some very, special and unique positions that were that were taken in these mm-hmm. first five picks uh all yeah all defense three edge two defensive back which was uh really neat to see and i think we well, we had two receivers in the top 10 i think that's the way it it, it went down uh didn't yeah. get a quarterback to like the back half and only yeah only one qb in the first round which was yeah. you know even a lot of wide receivers fell out of the second round too well you just talking about the wide receiver position, you got four of the next seven after the top five are wideouts. Right. And then the rest are offensive linemen. So once again, you know, did reinforcing, I need a guy that can make a difference down the field. The, the, the game is played up here in the air nowadays. It's, it's not played on the ground. Yeah. You know, that's, it, that's a last resort. True. You know what I think too, with, you know, we, we've seen an uptick in the sh- shuffling of quarterbacks lately. Uh, NFL teams have taken the NBA approach when it comes to shuffling quarterbacks over the last three off seasons, at least 2020, 21 and 22. Uh, there's been a big shuffle of, of important quarterback pieces. I think that people are trying to build a, a supporting cast that would lure a top end quarterback to the place, maybe not through the draft, but again, journeyman quarterbacks, free agents. Uh, there've been uh, trades. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, apparent those situations happening. Uh, 2021 was a crazy shift in quarterbacks. Uh, it, you know, it was probably the craziest one. 2020 was wild this past year. I think with the trades and stuff was, you know, it, it, it added to it, but you got to build a system. Why would a guy want to leave, you know, the, the comfort of a, a home team and just to go to another team, you know, just to kind of just, just, just play and, and, you know, do maybe whatever you got to build things up that are enticing. Like Detroit, Detroit, my God, uh, whenever they're ready to draft a quarterback, like actually draft, you know, draft a top end quarterback, 
that's going to be a fun program that, you know, they haven't found much success lately, but my God, I want to go play for that coach and that staff because they're doing things the right way. They're building uh, in the small stuff and they're building the perfect team before they go and get their quarterback and they can make adjustment adjustments when the quarterback comes, but Hey, here's a foundation. So maybe our guy doesn't have to work as hard. Um, as far as keeping up with other offenses, putting points on the board, I, I, it, that's kind of where my head's at with why the NFL has kind of shifted. And, and you know what, this draft was full of rookies, you know, incoming rookies. This is just where the strength was. It, it was what it was, you know, the quarterbacks, you know, we, I may have mocked, some people may have mocked some of these guys going in the, in the upper rounds, but they were probably appropriately valued, maybe a little bit undervalued in, in some instances all the other positions where that's where, that's where the strength was in the, in this upcoming draft. And I think they, they drafted accordingly very well. <clears throat> yeah. A GM would rarely say that, in a in a press conference, actually never say, because this is um, too forward thinking to being honest, but you might say the lions looked at the, their draft approach this year and said, yeah, but wait for next year. You know, wait for next year's quarterback. Wait for this better class to come along. Right. Um, you don't normally want to admit that that you're in actually a, what is a three year process. But Never um, want to admit I, it. I got news for you guys. Um, minus accidentally in a way stumbling into a playoffs. That's kind of what Sean McDermott did with the Bills. And I see these two coaches. While um, Campbell's definitely more excitable. Um, they're both defensive guys. They're both about earning it. You know what I mean? You don't, no one's handed anything. Everybody on that Lions team that became a starter by week. I mean, I would love to just pull up their schedule and look, but I would say probably somewhere around the 10th or 11th game, there is some real culture processy stuff going on in that organization that was catching like wildfire. Oh yeah. And there were, there were dudes going out and claiming jobs that, we never would have guessed. Amon, Amon St. Brown, like, <laughs> like you oh, want to talk about was, a guy taking advantage of a situation. He should have been rookie of the year. I mean, there was a, oh, no, no, excuse me. He shouldn't have been, but he made He put a strong case. Excuse me. Sure. I can't, I don't want to take anything away from Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase year was <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. But, but I'm on Ross St. Brown. Nobody gave, you know, who? No. This is Equinemus's little brother. And that dude, I'm on Ross St. Brown, I balled out. And I think, you know, that he might have had a better start to his career so far than than his his brother. But mm-hmm. I mean, that oh, was definitely. a ple- that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, I love what Detroit's been doing. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I am excited for them. I, bold take. I've said it on the podcast. I've said it. I said it live on air on Thursday. I think Detroit's a playoff team. If yeah. things click right, they are a playoff team in 2022. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So. I, I kind of shifted out of the first round. Did you have any anything else you wanted to talk about in the first round? Uh, not quite. I'm just kind of looking. I've been looking through the uh, you know, the, the first round draft. I was happy that somebody that Jamison Williams uh didn't fall too far. I did want to mm-hmm. acknowledge that. Uh, you know, a guy who's it, you know, the fact that Detroit moved up with it for him, I thought was pretty. You know, again, go, go, just propping up them Lions. Uh, really admirable. They were sitting around at 32 and they made a, a, they made a couple of these in division trades Vikings did at least, but Detroit did it with Minnesota twice. 
and moved up to get Jameson Williams, who could be back by October, November, um, as long as everything kind of goes according to plan. But other than that, I'm liking some of these 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 pairings. Uh, Kenny Pickett was – I don't know if it was just such a – it was a surprise. I think a lot of people mocked um, uh, Malik Willis to Pittsburgh, but the Kenny Pickett move was uh, – was intriguing. I, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't hate true. it. Um, other than Talman, that, Talman said something along the lines of he had this, the highest floor, which is a unique thing to say at, uh, after drafting a guy. Right. Yeah, no, most certainly, but he's a Pittsburgh guy. Keep him in. He's uh he's, I mean, I don't know how he's going to play at Heinz field, you know, come November and December, but yeah. <laughs> not used to that weather situation, you know, not at all. Man, playing on real grass, so he's gonna it's gonna be rough. <laughs> Crazy. But um oh I loved it. I the, yeah. the first round was great. Uh you know, there's a couple shiftings, but other than that, I, I think it was uh I think it was a pretty solid first round. I think uh, mm-hmm. everybody did a good job building up some some spots that they needed. Mm-hmm. Just a few question marks, you know. Cole Strange comes to mind yeah yeah that was a weird one i i don't get that was definitely an overdraft but uh, that's just belichick like i don't know I, smarter I, than you I, smarter I, than you he, somehow right i think the rams posted a video of them they mocked him at like 101 they were hoping that he followed him at 101 uh and it's not like the patriots couldn't have went and got him in the second round but uh especially because some of the characters that came after they, they're all spots that they needed. Like, you know, I would have loved to see Carl, would have Carl Loftus would have been a nice grab or Daxon Hill would have been a nice grab or, you know, it, but they went Cole strange. So yeah. very odd, very odd. The second uh, round um, was the round that I dubbed the round of the running back. Yeah. Quite a few went. Quite a few went in this one. It was a, uh, that was a round two was pretty fun. It went probably pretty quickly too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Brees Hall, your boy Brees Hall went early. And I think this is the second year in a row that the Jets drafted a running back. Um, They drafted somebody last year. I think it was a fourth round though. It was Carter. Yes, that's right. They drafted him in the fourth round. They, um, They took the first running back off the board. Brees Hall, somebody that you and I covered. Uh, several weeks ago, ahead of the draft, looking at some film study, really, really liked him. Uh, he was somebody that I think you were intrigued at the thought of coming to Buffalo. Yeah, not at the cost of a one, um, but that's just a running back philosophy thing for me. Right, It's about cost allocation, and it would be poor investment of equity, um, not high return, as it were. You can talk about these players like their stocks a lot of times. I noticed. No, um, no, no yeah. Uh, but Brees Hall lands in a great situation. Um, he's getting him and, and Michael Carter are like twins in a lot of ways, the way they kind of manipulate the field. But um, Which Carter's I, definitely, yeah. he's going to be more balanced as far as like getting through the holes. Brees Hall struggles with that. But if you get a seam, game over yeah i was gonna say that i don't think this is a uh a knock against michael carter at all him drafting priest hill i think it's them trying to get where a lot of teams are starting to go for 
and having a nice two two running back system um, where you can put two guys out there that can kind of have their own special techniques, but um, can still move the chains a little bit and in their respective ways. I, I don't, you know, they had a hodgepodge of running backs last year. Uh, I think they used four or five at various points as, as starters, but, uh, and Carter wasn't bad for being a fourth runner. He, he was not bad. He had a couple games where he really shined, mm-hmm. but, um, but that's the only thing I can really think of. I mean, there's a couple other options that the jets could have went at four at 36. Um, you know, they need Lord knows they need wide receiver help among some other things, but uh, I, I thought it was the right move for them. I thought the, the Brees hall grab was, was the right move for the jets at that point. Yeah, I mean the sitting they're sitting pretty with the three first round picks you know, with trading up in the, the end of the first to go get the last um piece of that defense, I think, in a lot of ways and Jermaine Johnson. So the day two was laid out for them addressing everything to help Zach Taylor. hundred percent. Zach Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah. The other Zach. Um, but yeah, a couple of the running backs went. Uh uh, as we talked about, you know, the, the, the Seahawks drafted one there. Love those running backs. Uh, now, apparently <laughs> I love the memes that came out uh, about this draft. And, and I think Seattle took, they take an offensive lineman in the first round. They did. Their first mm-hmm. pick was Charles cross, but it's like, Oh, now you draft. Now you draft an offensive lineman and now you draft like a running. I mean, they really haven't done well drafting running backs lately. They've been kind of hit or miss. Uh, a lot of these guys are like Rashad Penny is, is good for two, three games in a season. Uh, Chris Carson, they, they draft Chris Carson. I can't remember, but he's like, that dude is a, just ready to just turn it down. He's always, you know, just always hurt, just frequently hurt. But, you yeah. know, but it was kind of nice, you know, in this case to see Pete Carroll go, like you said, go back to his running routes and maybe just try and develop something that maybe a quarterback want to come to. Mm-hmm. And your boys, the the Bills, they got uh, little Delvin Cook. That's right. What do you think of that? Uh, um, to being being transparent, he fell in the category of if I didn't get one of those top three guys, which for me were Hall, uh, Rose Spiller, Hall, and Kenneth Walker. And the reason I like those three over the next three is that I thought each one of them did something way better than the rest of the class did. So for me, Hall's ability to just turn a nothing play into silliness because of his speed, agility, and his ability to catch the ball, phenomenal. And then I looked at Spiller as, well, he's he's the, the best at consistent um downhill reading reading the blocks and manipulating the holes that he has the best vision in the class and i don't know why he kept falling but he did and then walker is that pure power dominating guy the guy that it literally intimidates people he's like a mini derrick henry he's makes guys make business decisions constantly so that's where those first three why they stood out and then after that it became each each guy that was left in the draft was I don't think that you do anything exceptionally better, but you know there's some things you do really well. Cook ends up falling into the category of a guy that's I I, I need to see that he's consistent at reading holes in order to, to be more of a three down running back. Right. Um. Until he can prove that, 
uh, he's already pretty good at pass blocking and his ability to catch the ball and run routes is phenomenal. So I think that's something they should um, probably do immediately in the beginning of the season is to get cook on the field is just third downs. He's going to be the guy out there. Singletary will be your first, your early downs. Yeah. What does it mean for Zach Moss though? Is he pretty much on his way? I mean, obviously we got to go through camp and see how things transpire, but gotta, is it pretty much a wrap for Moss? It's, it's pretty he, much a wrap. You think if, if he earns it, if he's got, if he's improved somehow in his vision, because he's was looking like Trent Richardson at times out there, <laughs> running smack dab in the lineman's butts, you know, don't need that. No. Yeah. But you know, with Bill's first two picks, I think were pretty obvious as far as needs on the team. In fact, you could even look um, around free agency and rumors and supposedly in contact or in pursuit of the first two picks for the bills make sense. You know, they were rumored to be in on Gilmore. You know, he was, we were down to one of his three teams or something like that supposedly, uh, obviously you had the whole McKissick thing happen where he yeah, had a contract agreed upon. And then some things happened behind the scenes. And next thing you know, he's back to Washington. So yeah, going after cook, you know, doing what they did when the, in the first round of Elam, Bills, Bill stayed on track there. Um, as far as the second round goes, as as impactful, most impressive picks, uh, I think our boys in Baltimore who are getting heat for not taking wide receivers, they do what we complain about all the time, Matt, which is just chill out and uh, let let great talent fall to them, and uh, they get David Ojabo uh, while he won't play this year. Um, he was a top 15 talent in this draft. It's, it's nice to see. I think this is a nice thing too. That injury was horrific and I felt horrible, especially the reaction, a lot of the scouts too, who just like when that injury happened and they just kind of no sold it and didn't really check on them. Yeah. Uh, I am excited to see, and, and this has happened in the past before. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like the last couple of years, teams have really uh, been more sympathetic towards some of these injuries and they're okay for a rookie develop long-term. Uh, I, I think people are starting to see the value in that. And, and you are right. Ojaba was a huge, you know, huge prospect. I mean, having two edge rushers from Michigan go, uh, you know, be that great top, fe- top 10, top 15, depending on who you're looking at. Um, and this, this was, you're right. There was the running joke the last couple of years. Not even, it's not even a joke. It's just a, you know, Baltimore has it, you know, Patrick queen fell to them. And then, uh, Christ, who was the one they got in the first round that we were joking about? Um, no Davis, Jordan. Yeah. No. Jordan day. Oh. Was it Jordan? Yeah. It was Jordan no Hamilton. Day. They got Hamilton. My bad. Or Kyle Hamilton. That's what it was. Yeah. That's right. At 14. And they got the, uh, the Linderbaum, the center, mm-hmm. you know, it just, they know how to, they're really good at manipulating the, not manipulating, but just playing the draft board and just playing it well. Uh, very patient. I know their GM DaCosta gets some, you are right. He got some flack. Like their wide receiver room is not good. I think they're putting a lot of faith in Rashad Bateman right now, but you know, it, where it counts, the defense and, and the trenches, uh, they're right back. They're, they're fine. Like, Ravens are in a good, it, they're in a good spot. They just have to, stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. That, that was mm-hmm. their biggest issue last year. And then this year they had, got had some nice young guys. They re, they reloaded. 
There was no rebuilding. There's, there's just straight reloaded. And this defense is on track right now to be something special. Watch them get Odell Beckham. You know what I mean? Good. Watch them sign Odell Beckham and Cole Beasley. And boom, there's, there's your passing offense. I mean, you know? that's, that's, that'd be fine for Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, Marquise Goodwin or Mar- Goodwin, yeah. uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. He did bring up a lot of good points though. That a lot of, you know, that have just been fan rumors, you know, just fan rumblings and people get, you know, it started a lot of arguments and such about, you know, the, the Lamar's a running back and, and stuff, but he's not wrong. Their offense is curtailed towards running. Like, I'm waiting for them to pull out some like 1920s formations, like the single wing or something that the or in some of these like classic running formations where they just they just everybody just huddles in like a diamond and just helps the running back. Like I, you know what I mean? Just weird shit like that. But you know, it, it's he he brought up a lot of good points. Things have to change um if they're gonna want to get those those wide receivers. But yeah, you could probably get an Odell and Cole Beasley on a fair price. And and get through the season and get through the season and be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the wide pick. receiver run here in this round. Well, that's that. You, I was gonna say. Um, you said something about the you would like the idea of the being more patient with these injuries. Yeah, uh, dude, you crushed that top. That that's that point is one hundred percent like. In fact, right here, John Mechie III, who went just before Ojabo, he had a torn ACL. You had Jameson Williams, which you mentioned, torn ACL. You know, Ojabo with the torn Achilles, you know, he gets picked up. There's a lot of guys that people were taking chances on. So that's, yeah. that's, but that makes the, the fall of um, uh, the linebacker from Georgia even more interesting. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about guys who are struggling with injuries, and then you know, he's the one that's falling down the draft board. And it's like, okay, well, he was a top 10 pick for most of the process. And then all of a sudden he's fallen out of, you know, day two entirely. Which one was that? My apologies. Um, That is. Oh man. Why does my, why does my brain work when I want it to? <laughs> I'm going to be so mad when I see his name. Is it the linebacker from Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. Not Quan, not Quan Walker. The actual one that fell into day three, and everyone has officially stopped listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't find him. That's right. Well, he must have really. He must have really fell. But um, but yeah, nice run on wide receivers here. A lot of the you know a lot of the depth ones. Green Bay got they they traded up. Yeah, they I think they traded up to get Watson, uh, Christian Watson. I didn't know Baltimore got Isaiah likely. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so sometimes, you know, two and three were actually pretty, like a lot of the names that we've been learning about, listening about, studying, whatnot. Um, you know, they, they were still well into dra- rounds two and three. And uh, yeah, nice run on wide receivers. Some guys who are going to be instant, you know, difference makers. Watson for, for, for the Packers. Uh, which was very much needed. I think there was a lot of excitement there. Um, Giants needed somebody new. They got that Wandale Robinson. Uh, Houston got that Mechie, as we already mentioned. Yeah. Pat's got Tyquan Thornton, who's actually, from what I understand, really, really fast. He's a big speed guy. 
Yeah. Uh, to match up with that cannon of an arm of Mac Jones. <laughs> hey man, it's sometimes not about the, 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 the speed. It's just that it's that yards after catch, you know, well, or even just people like, Oh, his deep ball. I'm like, yeah, but if he anticipates it, right. If he reads the coverage, right. If he moves the safety over with his eyes, he doesn't have to have a strong arm to get it to the super fast guy. He right. just has to lead him. That's all. Right. Uh, it's Nicobe Dean. I'm an idiot. Oh, Nicobe Dean. Yeah. He was the end of the third round, I think. So he was wasn't what day ended two. Up being? Yeah, I think okay. he was in day two. Um, who else went? Pickens to Pittsburgh, Alec Pierce to the Colts, Sky Moore to, to Kansas City. That was a uh, great pick. That was a solid pick. I, I think you, you couldn't have gone wrong. Casey made the right choice there, grabbing uh, Sky Moore. They were back into position. They, they've done a lot of wide receiver acquisitions this year, but it's <sighs> – they still don't measure up to like after everybody, I don't still don't think they measure up to the difference that Tyreek Hill brings. I really don't. What a different wide receiver room. It's going to look like next year. It's kind of crazy. Kind of true. Kind of surreal. You know, just, and right now it's, it's recency bias, it's name value, it's expectations, but um, they needed to draft and develop their own guy. That, That was, that was crucial for them this draft. They had plenty of opportunities to do at this point, and they, they got a pretty good one at uh, in the in the later part of the second draft, second round. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm excited for Pierce uh, per, on a personal level. I've been watching some film. A lot of comparisons to Jordy Nelson. Everybody gets compared to somebody. It's you know whether or not they, they things come to fruition. But um, I knew Indy really, really, really needed a wide receiver, and it made me feel a little bit better. Maybe feel a little bit better. Uh, Alec, Alec Pierce is uh, competitive. That's what I like about him. Yeah. He seems like a gritty, gritty, hardworking dude. Yep. Um, I figured maybe we just kind of run through round three and then we just start, then we'll do like a, a, a day three kind of overlook and then uh, winners, losers, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. But uh, round three, was there anything that really stood out to you? Anything that happened that you really enjoyed? Uh, this is uh, the the death part where we Falls saw off hard. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, like a lot of really strong signings as far as like linebackers going off the board here. Uh, I liked Brian Asamoa going uh, to the Vikings at pick 66. Uh, great pass rush ability there. Um, interested to see where they line him up, but I think he brings a lot of high end pass rush ability. Uh, one of the more instinctual, uh, athletic linebackers in the class. Chad Muma goes to um, uh, Jacksonville at pick 70. He's out of Wyoming. So a guy that kind of flew out of the radar for a lot of people. But if you were one of those teams, if if you were keeping up in your team's draft needs, you're like, man, if we could really use an upgrade at linebacker. I'm sure you stumbled upon this dude because it, he's the, the modern day linebacker. He's rangy. He's instinctive. He's an excellent pass coverage guy. So I think Jacksonville did a good job there of uh, replacing Miles Jack. Uh, your boys take the most interesting prospect, I think, in the entire class um, of tight ends, as well as what I think is the most interesting pick probably of this round. What, all in that tight end pick? Yeah. yeah. I was actually surprised they ended up moving back into the, the third round too. With that last one, that Nick Cross safety, um, that was a pretty good one. I guess he's got some pretty good uh, 
measurements. I guess he's pretty quick uh, as well. So we'll see how that pans out. Colts definitely at secondary, but, um, but yeah, they just took Kylan Granson last year. Uh, you know, they re-signed Moelle Cox, who's been kind of disappointed. I'm not going to say disappointing. His usage hasn't been all that great. Uh, you know, he's a big, big body target when he, he can make plays, but Carson stopped leaning on him for some reason last year. Phillip liked him a little bit, um, but there's a little, there's a brief stretch where Moelle Cox was a, like a pretty solid tight end. And then that just, the production just felt like the back half of the season, it just dropped off tremendously more. Mm-hmm. So once they got Jonathan Taylor cooking, but, um, but I'm fine with it. Uh, this Jelani, uh, Jelani Woods, excuse me. Um, yeah, uh, he's, was he like six foot seven? Six seven. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but uh, I think he ran a pretty fair forty time. Uh, I'm using CBS, and they don't. They're not. I was hoping that when I clicked on his name, they give me his forty, but they, they didn't. Got uh, no, they don't. Forty yard dash, four point six, four six one. That's not bad for six seven. Nah, it's moving pretty good. Twenty four reps on the bench press. Um, pretty strong and fast, dude. Got some nice hand size. I know that's a big important factor. Oh yeah, sick hands. Yeah, six seven, two hundred and fifty nine pounds. My God. Yeah, this, uh, this this is from my boy Chris Trapasso, who is from Medina, New York. So hey, if we have anyone listening from Medina, New York, here's a hometown all, boy for you. All twenty people in Medina, <laughs> and a lot of cows. <laughs> Uh, they are comparing him to Mo Ali Cox, but uh, Chris says he is a more explosive and has a sharper r- running routes, which definitely shows up even if you just watch highlights because right. he can hit those in routes and breaking routes at a, a more aggressive angle at a more aggressive um, intent. You know, Mo, Mo Ali Cox gets out there and uses his body well, but I mean, he can't. He can't drop a dude to his knees by making a cut. <laughs> right. No, he's definitely not like shifty in that. I mean, he's, he's a bas- I mean, he's a basketball guy, right? He and I'm not like trying to this, but he Boyle Cox came out of college as a basketball player, undrafted. We scooped him up. He's been around for a couple of years and he's, you know, he's made the best of his situation. Um, so I think actually, actually the Colts, I think they drafted another tight end later on. But right now they might have the three or four tight ends signed at the moment, and they have to make some decisions. Makes you wonder, wonder because Kyle Grantson was supposed to be a big part of the offense. Um, Matt Ryan tends to like using tight end. I mean, it's about it's about preference. I was just surprised how the tight end usage, how much it fell off. Grantson didn't really do anything last year, so. But I, I am I am interested in seeing how how he goes because he's you know he's. Highly touted tight end was not like an urgent position. I don't think it definitely needed some help, but it wasn't like one of those urgent draft needs and them to go and take him with their first pick in the third round. I, I said, I'd say they did all right. I agree. Must be a player that stood out to them as far as what his ceiling is. This seems like a lot of a ceiling pick because the next two picks for them, the lineman from central Michigan, Bernard Raymond, and then the, um, you took that safety, right? You said, "Yep, Nick Cross out of Maryland." Nick Cross, Maryland, right? Both of them very safe, very predictable floors, and um, maybe even when as far as Raymond goes, maybe even more predictable ceiling. Like you're kind of okay with if he gets to 
spot starter or if he gets to, you know, reliable backup. You know what I mean? A guy that rides your team for the next four or six years, hopefully reaches a second contract. But, you know, maybe more like uh, in my Bills comparison, he's an Ike Bakker, which is a guy that, you know, you can rely on when when injuries come along. But we'll see. They always develop really well. What I wanted to say, though, um, more about Jelani Woods and the, that pick is that he is comparisons to guys like a Dawson Knox and the fact that like no production, this is, this is his college stats from 2021. He played in seven games. So he was injured for at least three, right? Right. Uh, he had eight catches for 129 yards and only one touchdown all day. So he falls in the category of your you're projecting you, you, you know, how tall he is, you know, how strong he is, you know, how fast he ran, you know, how big his hands are, you know, how high he can jump all those great things. When we put him in our offense, what can we do differently or what can we teach him to do differently? That's going to make the most of his potential and the good guys, the, the good ones out there constantly turn it over bad teams. Not so much. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a develop, developing thing. And you know, Ballard's all right at developing. Ballard for Riking Company, they're, they're, they're not bad at developing. And that's kind of where their strength goes. Um, let's see what else happened. We got our second quarterback fall, second and third quarterbacks fall yeah. in uh, this third round. We had uh, Desmond Ritter was the second quarterback taken off the board. He ended up going to uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Which was... Uh, you know, pretty, not too surprising. I think people, every, I think a lot of people mocked a quarterback at some point to them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Ritter goes there, and then Coral, Matt mm-hmm. Coral, and Malik uh, Willis, and Mal- did he? Oh shoot, he did he go at the end of the third? He went pick eighty six. No, eighty six. Shoot, you're right. Yeah, that's right. So people, yeah, they were getting worried if he was. He almost fell to the day three. I do remember them talking about. So the three more quarterbacks, the one that dropped the most was Sam Howell. Um, Malik was projected as a potential first rounder, but um, but yeah, I was happy that the the Matt Coral thing happened. Not that like I have any stake in it, but I did mock Coral to the Panthers. It just happened two rounds later than I <laughs> than I anticipated. So I will uh, I will take some credit for that. Um, yeah, we started getting the compensatory picks too. I did like the the Browns getting David Bell. Yeah, I was just looking at that because I was like, I was having a little bit of a rough night. My the Facebook page wouldn't let me post anymore, so I had to go through Boyd. Uh, I had to send pictures to the group chat for him to post on. And after the third round, like the the Nick Cross pick, I was like, "F it, I'm going to bed. I got to wake up early. I got to get ready for our trip." And then I was like, oh, wow, this David Bell grab is not bad. I kind of wish I was awake to make the post for it. Uh, yeah, their wide receiver troubles have been, you know, they're very apparent right now. Uh, and David Bell was one of those higher prospects where he was a he was a round one, round two guy in a lot of people, in some people's eyes. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of fell right into his lap. I'm not sure why he dropped as much as he did or if, if, you know, if maybe he was being overvalued in some of the mocks that we've seen. But I did like the grab. I did like the grab. He was a – he was. I know he was somebody on the Colts radar um, as far as people to grab. That David Bell is 
not fast enough for a lot of people's likings. A lot of people write them off just because they have a certain threshold as far as 40 times go. Right. And it's not just that he's slow when he shows up to the combine and runs the 40. He's, he's slow on tape too. But it doesn't bother me because I know there's other wide receivers that have played in this league that weren't that blazing fast. Like um, Hall of Famer Jerry Rice, but let's not go there. Instead, let's go borderline Hall of Famer, great career, uh, Anquan Bolden. He wasn't fast at all. Dude was slow, but he could turn you around by his route running, setting you up, giving you the head fakes, knowing knowing your tendencies as a cornerback, being a smart film studier. A lot of the matchup on the outsides of these wide receivers and cornerbacks is what do you keep showing that you're not even aware of? What what can I show the, the tendency I have in my own route running that I can show you that will trip you up? Something that you're banking on me doing? No, he oh, every time that he he cuts this way at this yard marker, uh, I know that the curl route's coming. Now maybe turns into a curl and go though. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, David Bell's a what I call a a throttle control master. He will lull you to sleep before he turns on his own version of the Jets. Now his version is high four fives, four mid four sixes, somewhere around there. Uh, but getting you to play at his speed is something that he'll he'll trick you into doing. It's not something that the defensive coach is going to want to see because he knows that you know David Bell's winning in that scenario. That he's getting you to do what he wants. It's fun. It's a fun matchup. It's 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 actually a guy that um. During the season, I'll, I'll be curious to look at, see if he's worth looking at on tape. For sure. For sure. Uh, do you have any comment on the back half of or that those last four rounds? I just kind of skimming through it. Nothing really, you know, nothing really pops out on me. Some, Sam Howell went in the fifth round first in that, in that uh, round to Washington. Was there anything that really like stood out to you as, as some great moves there? Uh, when we transitioned to day three years in? Yeah, day three. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, the the team that keeps popping up is is Baltimore. Keeps just taking guys that I had penciled as <laughs> guys worth worth drafting in day three of what I consider to be quality players already entering the league. So this time they take Daniel Falele from Minnesota. I mean, he's he's a guy that I in the second round consistently. I was, um, you know, trying to mock the teams that were tight or tackle needy. Um, cornerback Kobe Bryant going to Seattle makes a lot of sense. He's a, a more, uh, he's kind of like a, a, a grippier cornerback where he, he's all about using the hands. So we'll, we'll see how he transitions to the NFL. Uh, if he keeps getting flagged, he's going to have to learn how to play a little different because, you know, <laughs> they, they won't stand for that too long. No. Um, there's some, okay. So the, the, the small run of running backs that happened, uh, Zamir White, Isaiah Spiller going up the board, then Pierre Strong uh, to New England. I think all of those are excellent fits. Um, Jacobs needed a good, reliable backup in, in, um, Las Vegas, it really was just him at the end of the year. All the other guys seemed to either struggle to stay on the field for production reasons or they were getting hurt. 
So I thought that uh, they that was a need for them. And then I think Isaiah Spiller going to uh, the Chargers is also another just like, the great fit. What a compliment to Eckler. You know, that's oh, something yeah. that you thought you were getting in um, Jackson for the last few years, but Jackson can't stay on the field. Uh, he just can't. And I don't know what it is. It's soft tissue issues are a big deal for him. But then uh, you see Pierre Strong. My It was my favorite running back to take once those top three were gone because I thought the value you got in the fourth round taking him, phenomenal. The guy's going to be so explosive. Um, he's from South Dakota State. Go Jackrabbits. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, Baltimore, again, takes the best blocking tight end in this class and Charlie Kohler. So, you know what they like to do. And then um, the, the punters go off the board. We got two punters and the, the Jordan Stout to Baltimore and uh, Jake Camarda goes to Tampa Bay. Um, my boy Hassan Haskins running back to Tennessee runs a lot like Derrick Henry. He's a downhill straight ahead power speed guy. You know, he can catch a little bit out of the backfield. So I think the strength of the draft um, the special teams were good and they were respected. They were many special teams, punters, kickers, specialists, as long as along with some kick returners, punt returners that went off the board early in day three, right? which is, was, was predictable. Um, and then there's some specialists as far as like Baltimore takes Isaiah likely who is the exact opposite of Charlie Kohler. He, <laughs> all he does is catch the ball. He never blocks. Don't ask him to block. He's not a blocking tight end. You better line him outside because that's what he does. Man, they had such a great draft. They did. They did. And that's actually going to take me to my next, the next thing I want to talk about. Um, the winners and losers of this draft. A lot. Baltimore was a definite winner. We're not going to, we're not going to disagree on, on that, I, I don't I don't think they just they did it again. They did a really good shifting around, um, you know, the again, the wider the lack of top end wide receivers, starter ready wide receivers is tricky. But there are a lot of plenty of good free agents out there where they can make that stuff up. They, they attacked places where weren't maybe necessarily strong, or maybe too expensive, you know, out in the open market right now. And mm-hmm. Ravens Ravens are a definite winner in my book. Um, another winner obviously has to be the jets. Yeah. Two years in a row. I know we joked about it all, all weekend, but, um, there was a very strong draft for them. I thought they did, um, you know, trying to rebuild their defense, giving their offense some, some life. I, I did really, I did. I did really like what the jets did. Mm-hmm. It's a, and you know the first round is going to get the attention because they had three of them and two in the top ten, but I mean overall I thought they did a great job of n- manipulating the board, moving up to get make sure they got Brees Hall, fantastic, you know the being able to keep two picks in um, the fourth round, fantastic. Yeah, I'm trying to see just to go over see what they got. Um, yeah, the Sauce Gardner grab. Um, you know, they, they, they had a lot of options available there and that was, uh, yeah, that was a pretty solid grab. They didn't, did, I, again, I did enjoy the jets. They're, they're a team who, it, you know, it historically just so bad. 
And I can't say it enough how much, you know, Robert Sala, how much I want, you know, him to find some kind of success in, in New York as best as he possibly can. Uh, so yeah, we agree on those two. I'm going to go with the lions again. I cannot speak enough good things uh, about that franchise where they're drafting their willingness to make moves and shift around. Again, they could have sat and waited at 32. They're like, nah, we're going to try and work something out here with Minnesota. And they did it twice. Um, I thought they got a pretty good haul. I thought yeah. they got a pretty good haul for, for what they did. Aiden Hutchinson falling to them was significant stellar. And it's not, it's not even fall. He was like a, it was like a one, a one B thing. And Trayvon Walker going number one was, you know, it's understandable. I get it. Uh, there's no shame in that, but I, I'm happy that they got their hometown guy, their home, uh, home state guy. And they got plenty of talent to work around and, and, and make some strides going, you know, competing for a playoff spot this year. I don't know if they're ready to take the NFC North. I actually, I don't think they're quite there yet, but as far as making some waves and going to the playoffs, at least getting, getting some of these young guys, some playoff experience. I think that the lions are in a really good spot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have any others that are like clear standouts as winning. There's probably a lot of teams that would get like a B. I think those were the A teams. There's probably maybe a few A teams left, but I'll give Casey some love. I'll give Casey some love. I like what they did on their defense. Uh, Some cornerbacks again, getting Carl off this. A lot of credit to them and Sky Moore. I mean, those three positions right there, their first three picks 21, 30, and 54 are all stuff that they desperately needed, desperately needed, and stuff that they can work on you know, potentially going for, you know, just develop these guys uh, and, and get them going forward. Mm. Um, let's see. Charger. I'm trying to just looking through. Yeah. I really can't think of too many more. You know what? Philadelphia. I think we can't forget about Philadelphia. Philadelphia took some big strides this weekend. And even if we're going to account the AJ Brown trade, they, they didn't have that many draft picks, but I thought some of the, the guys that they did get, um, and acquire and shuffle around a little bit. You know, the, those are some key pieces as well. Uh, I, I don't think Dallas is going to have as easy of a time in this NFC East this year. I really don't. I think Washington's taking big strides, and I think that Philadelphia's taking some steps too. And I don't even want to count on the Giants because the Giants had some fun draft picks as well, but their limitations start at the quarterback position. Uh, we'll find out about that soon enough. But I, I think that might be, as far as winners go, that might be it. The only other one I maybe give some clout to is the Steelers. Cause I think that they're, um, I, I feel like they're, you know, this draft kind of made them content. Not, con- not like Super Bowl contenders, but I still think they, they'll find relevancy uh, mm-hmm. in the AFC North. They're well coached and they might have nailed their quarterback of the future. Maybe. They took two quarterbacks, actually. I think they ended up getting an undrafted guy. Or did they draft somebody late? I think they have four. They took Chris Oladakun from San Diego State. South Dakota. South Dakota. I'm sorry. South Dakota State. (laughs) And they took the Hayward's little brother, too. So, um, But I thought, yeah, they they might have nailed their quarterback of the future. We We knew that they'd probably go get a quarterback. We didn't know who it would be, but they feel pretty comfortable with mm-hmm. uh with what they grab so all right let's go on to losers right now of this draft 
Um, oh boy. <laughs> Patriots were kind of, I thought the Patriots draft was kind of weak. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Again, overvalued. Uh, we, we, so we talk about all the time how, you know, Belichick's this genius and stuff, but his drafts are very, very lackluster. Like thinking back over the last 20 years, a lot of his success is found from just recycling other teams trash. You know, if you, if we, like, I, there was a point in time where we just frequently acknowledged this and yeah, drafts have never really been Bill Belichick's strong point. You know, he hit on Mac Jones last year. He hit on a couple other pieces, but in all honesty, it's, it's been a lot of free agent signings and just maximizing their potential. Yeah. I, I want to know what he thinks he's really good at evaluating. Because the one thing we know for sure is he can't evaluate wide receivers. No, it's not good. It has not been good to him. He has been good at offensive line, linebackers, cornerbacks. He gets good steals at cornerbacks. I don't know. I, I, I He's losing a step. There's, some, there's something missing, I think, in the process that he's not quite getting. And... You know, I'm, I'm sure it happens to all the older coaches. You just, you lose your touch. You know, these, these are very young men coming in and with each year you're getting further and further away from that and, and remembering what it was like to be a 22 year old, right. or 21 year old. That's, that's a fair point. Yeah. You really, you really don't get it. Um, I don't love Minnesota's. They traded draft. a lot and I, I don't think they, they really got a whole lot. Like, I don't know if they got anything really out of it. They gave, I mean, they had three in division trades, two to the Detroit, uh, two to Detroit and one to, uh, to green Bay. You don't typically <clears throat> do that. You don't, I, yeah. I don't know. Very, it was very weird the way they saw their draft, especially for a team that's on a, it has a new quarterback, you know, um, or not new quarterback, new head coach, excuse me. And you're trying to just revamp and, and stuff. And it, for all the, the capital that they had as much as they did. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It wasn't a, it, it didn't do anything for me. It didn't, their draft didn't do anything for me, especially the, the second, probably the second best team on paper in that division. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So that was weird. Tennessee overall, you know, I didn't think they had. A, I thought they had a pretty good draft. I. It's just I don't like when you create needs and then when you fill them, you fill them with a. Eh, kind of a move like I like Traylon Burks, but I like Traylon Burks and the idea that if you paired them up with an elite quarterback or if you paired them up with somebody that already had a really good outside receiver, then he can be a fantastic too. Right. Yeah, he's going to pair up with Robert Woods, but Robert Woods is coming off of an ACL. He's a little older. Tannehill's Tannehill. Like, like that. that overall, Traylon Burks, I thought, would have been better off falling to a team like the Packers. You know, You're because, probably right. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, you know, Malik Willis, sure. Um, but do I trust them to, to, to make the most out of Malik Willis? They didn't, they didn't take care of the, the last superstar, you know, AJ Brown. So Malik Willis is going to become a superstar. Do I trust you to 
I don't know. I that don't could trust, have been one of those things to kind of get the best out of Ryan Tannehill, possibly. That could have. I mean, obviously they're not. It's not like they, they were not going to completely waste Malik Willis, but um, you know they know that Tannehill struggled last year. You know, last yeah. year was rough for for the Titans when you're the number one seed and you kind of choke it away that the, the way that they did. Um, you know, but I mean, they, they really could, if like, was it really that hard to move the decimal forward? I think you, right. We said that AJ Brown was willing to take like 22, but it was just so much back and forth that they weren't, they didn't want to do it. Is that what, is that what we heard? Yeah. Be, the two different narratives coming out where yeah. you you're hearing the, the agent side saying that no no he he loved it there he would have done a a team-friendly deal just to stay in town you know no more than 22 million and you know then then it comes out later that from the scout as well is like no they lulled about us i'm like well did they after seeing the market i highly doubt that their first offer was 16 i bet the first offer was Somewhere and it could have happened 20. before Christian Kirk, though, unless 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 this is a more recent um, thing, unless this is a more recent you know story. But well, he's well, right, because he's he's under contract. So this was an extension talk. This yeah. wasn't you know they they owned his rights, so it wasn't negotiating a new contract. You know, like Christian Kirk was a free agent, where right. he negotiated a, a new contract as a free agent. You know, I would hope that AJ Brown wasn't trying to leverage his play that much, but apparently he did, and he he got out of town and he got paid. So, yeah, his leverage worked. Apparently, it did. I just like, as a Colts fan, I'm much I'm much more nervous about the Titans if they keep AJ Brown, stay where they're at, and put to, and draft, you know, draft that Traylon Burks or draft one of those wide receivers that you know, fell to the second round and just get that spot. Or, you know what I mean? Right now, I think the, the Titans, I, I, I didn't like that move. It was a, you know, a, a lateral move. It'll save the money and salary cap. Yes. But I think from a performance standpoint, it would, it, they feel pretty lateral. Everything feels pretty lateral with Tennessee. And I could be, I could be right. I didn't, like I said, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate their draft. I thought they filled needs that they needed. Obviously trading AJ Brown creates a need for a wide receiver, mm-hmm. but um but I I don't like I can move past my Colts bias and get excited for the Titans. I know I can, and I don't feel it right now. I don't feel right now. I don't want to pick the Colts as the AFC South winner because every year I hype them up, they let me down, but Titans are making it really, really hard for me to pick them. (laughs) Like to pick them and, and, you know, over, over the Colts. Like it's, 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 it's like that right now. I get you. Yeah. So so you're probably right. It, they're not clear-cut losers, but I I don't think they helped themselves. I don't think they took any steps forward. No, no, especially again. Robert Woods is going to be your one right now, and your tight ends have been kind of lackluster. And the way, just the way that they they I mean they skate they they got that, got they were the number one seed by the skin of their teeth. It still amazes me that they did it. So there's potential there, but uh, no no big steps forward. Right. So, um, is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, no, because I'm sure at this point, uh, as much as we are all diehard bills or Colts or whatever fans you've gotten, you've consumed all this, uh, draft content over and over. And I'm proud of you for it. 
but uh I don't know if there's anything I can add that will further the discussion too much today. I get that. We, we need more context. You know what I mean? We need to be further away. Um, look forward to training camps. Love, love, I love hearing how guys are being utilized, what guys are shining, which guys are disappointing. No, I, I agree. The only other thing, probably Baker Mayfield, man. That's probably the last thing I want. I'd, I'd say, and that's another point that's been brought. But they were apparently really close on getting him to Carolina, and uh, it's it ain't happening. So I don't no. know. I don't know what the future lies for uh, for Baker Mayfield. But this draft did him no favors. I don't know where I don't know where he goes. I don't know. Seattle's the last spot, and I just I don't see them doing it. He should go to the CFL and dominate. That's what he should do. He should or go to fan, go to fan control football with uh, no. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. <laughs> Don't you go there? You're done. That's go be, it. Go be a USFL star. I'm sure right. they love him. Right. I, I, I really don't know. Maybe you can be a Heineke. You might be right on that one. Maybe, Maybe. you, you never Heineke. know. You never know. But um, but all right, that is it, everybody. Thank you, Brian, for joining me for this little draft discussion. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do next week. We got to figure me and Brian got to figure that out uh, in the episode, but we're going to be kind of coasting. And then within a, uh, actually by yeah, in a month from now is when we start my favorite time of the year. And that's our seasonal predictions, division by division predictions. I cannot wait. Um, they're always so fun to talk about. Look at how these teams have changed and grown, gotten better, gotten worse from the previous year. That's literally how this show was founded was through those episodes. So excited to go through them. Um, That is a wrap though. On behalf of Brian and I till next time, the two point conversation is good. Good.